Welcome to Freedom Now with Peter Asanful. Freedom Now is brought to you by the Spirit Life People, a ministry that focuses on teaching you how to live and walk in the Spirit so that you can manifest Christ's freedom in your life. It is our prayer that you shall be transformed as you receive the word from the Lord today. And now, here's your host, Peter Asanful. Praise the Lord. Father, I want to thank you. There is none like you, God. Among the heavens and the earth, it's not like you. Father, I want to thank you so much. Thank you for your presence here. We know our lives shall never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let the word have root in our heart. Let the word have root. When there's root, the word will bear fruit. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, amen. Preparations. We walk by faith and not by sight. Preparations. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. We want to start. I don't want to even describe this as a new series. Because this message that I'm starting to teach today is what I shall teach forever till Jesus comes. Amen. So I don't want to describe it as a series. If it is a series, I must bring it to an end. But I cannot bring this message to an end because it is the most important message that the body of Christ must know. So we want to start learning what is entitled the spirit life amen this ministry is called the spirit life people and a lot of people don't understand why we are even called the spirit life people what is the spirit life what do we mean by the spirit life and all of that amen so today i'm going to begin something a subsection of this topic of the spirit life and it's, that topic is understanding eternal life. Understanding eternal life. Right. Open your Bibles and pay attention. Very important. The question is, why did Jesus Christ come into the world? Why did Jesus come? A lot of people don't know why he came. Because the thing is that the body of Christ, we have taught it over the years that Jesus Christ came so that he will save us from our sins. So that we will not go to hell. Now, we have bombarded the church with this line that if you have Jesus, you will not go to hell. So much that a lot of people think that the essential reason Jesus Christ came is so that we don't go to hell. But the question is that if all that Jesus Christ came to achieve was so that you and I will not go to hell, then what happens to us after we have been prevented from going to hell? What happens to us? 
If now I have received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And thank God that I am not going to hell. Then what happens to my life now that I have been prevented from going to hell? You see, and that is where the gap has been. Because there are many people who sit in church and they have no clue, they have no idea why they are saved. They have no idea why they have Jesus or they even call on the name Jesus. And then they think that, yes, I got saved so that I don't go to hell. And then they have that thought in their minds. And then what happens is that they think they are just living a life of not going to hell. Meanwhile, there's something greater than the teachings of not going to hell. Because Jesus did not come essentially for us not to go to hell. Salvation, okay, from the powers of darkness is a means to an end. Salvation is a means to an end. Preventing you from going to hell is a means to an end. Rescuing you from darkness is a means to an end. Praise the Lord. The ultimate is not salvation per se. Salvation is part of God's plan for his ultimate purpose. Because without salvation, he cannot achieve his intentions. So salvation, which comes from the Greek word sozo, soteria, okay, it means to rescue. When Jesus rescues you from sin and death, that is not the ultimate. That is not the ultimate at all. There is an ultimate that requires you be saved from sin and death so that you can enter into that ultimate plan and purpose of God. And that ultimate plan and purpose of God is that when after God has saved you, he now gives you eternal life. Say eternal life. Say eternal life. So, eternal life is the ultimate reason Jesus came. He did not just come to save us. He came to give us life. And it is out of eternal life, we have what we call the spirit life. And I'm going to explain to you why. Eternal life brought the spirit life. I'm going to explain to you. Amen, somebody. Are you here? So, you have to understand that salvation is greater, okay, for the purpose of bringing you eternal life. Salvation is bigger than just saving you from sin and death. Saving you from sin and death is the stepping stone, is the springboard that is needed for you to receive eternal life. God cannot give anybody his life whilst a person is still in sin. It's not possible. He first of all has to rescue you from sin and then when he rescues from sin, then he gives you his life. Are you getting a picture here? And this is why Jesus came. 
Jesus did not come just to save us from sin and death. And then after he has saved us, well, okay, what happens to us? We go on and live any life that we want to know. Jesus rescues us from sin and death so that he can give us eternal life. John chapter 3. John chapter number 3. Amen. I read from verse number 1. John chapter number 3. Open your Bibles. John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Verse 2. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from you know that your teacher come from God. For no one can do these things, these signs, sorry, that you do unless God is with him. And then Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born? When he's old, can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from. Or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Amen. Now let's jump down. To verse 16. And the verse 16. Which is a very famous scripture. Is the mission statement of Jesus. Verse 16. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Other verses will say that have eternal life. Okay? So, this is the message and the mission statement of Jesus. In that, he said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. Now, to talk about perishing is to talk about a life in sin and death. In other words, when anyone receives Jesus, you no longer will perish. In other words, you will be saved from sin and death. You will be taken out of the life that will lead you to perishing. And then you will receive eternal life. So eternal life is the reason Jesus came. Salvation, I said, is the stepping stone to eternal life. It is not the ultimate purpose. The ultimate purpose is to have eternal life. If you don't have eternal life, then salvation is meaningless. If salvation is not linked to eternal life, then there's no need for salvation. Because Jesus cannot just save you from the cross of sin and death. And then to achieve what? To let you stand by yourself or stand alone? No. He saves us. Okay. 
from sin and death so that we can have the requirement to have eternal life. First John. First John. First John chapter number one. First John chapter number one. I read verse one and two. It said that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, concerning the word of life. Take note. Concerning the word of life. The life was manifested. And we have seen. And we bear witness. And declare to you that eternal life. Which was with the father. And was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard we declare to you. That you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the father and with the son Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Say eternal life. Eternal life manifested. How did eternal life manifest? It manifested through Jesus. Eternal life came through Jesus. It was Jesus who is the word of God. The word of life who came to present the life of God to us. Amen. Alright. So what is eternal life? What is eternal life? Everlasting life or eternal life is made up of two words, as you know. The first one, eternal, okay, comes from the Greek word aeon or ion, A-I-O-N. Now, this word means always. Say always. Always. In other words, every single minute, every single second, Every hour, every day, always. Now, a lot of people think about eternal life and they think or everlasting life, they think about it as futuristic. So you hear people say things like, let's prepare for eternal life. Let's prepare for eternal life. Meanwhile, you already have eternal life in Christ. So what are you preparing for? You cannot, you, you see, you only prepare for something that has not yet come. I get what I'm saying. You only prepare for something you don't have. But eternal life is not futuristic for us to prepare for. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord. And you got saved from sin and death. And then you got born again. Eternal life was given to you. So eternal life is not futuristic. Eternal life, eternal is always. In other words, the moment you receive Jesus, you always have life. Come on, are you here? You always have life. Now, the question again to us is that what life do we now have? What life do we have that is eternal? What life that we always have? This life does not die. This life cannot be destroyed. So what life is that? So eternal life, the life that we always have, the life that Jesus brought in John 3.16 as he stated, is what is translated from the Greek word Zoe. Z-O-E, Zoe. Now, this life is the life of God. This life is the uncreated life of God. 
In other words, this life was not created by anybody. One day, someone asked me, so who created God? And I said, God was never created. Ah, I know there are some people, this blows their mind. How can we have someone? How can we have a deity? How can we have a being who was not created? Yes, there are some beings who were never created. And God was never created. If you want to use your carnal human mind to think, how can somebody live without being created? You would go wrong. Amen, somebody. So, eternal life simply means having the life of God always. Hey, come on, I hear. I'm laying the foundation. Jesus said, if anyone believes in him, the person will not perish. In other words, the person will be saved from that which perishes or that which causes to suffer something to decay and to perish into a life that does not perish into a life that always exists into a life that is always there so when you get born again you don't have that nature that perishes now you have eternal life meaning that right now as you are sitting here if you believe in jesus and you are born again you have the always life and then that life is the life of God. God's life is always there. That life does not die. That life is not destroyed by any force of power. That life is always living. It is life. Come on, are you here? You remember in the beginning when Adam and Eve they sinned, God said they would die. So there's a life that dies. And that is a life that is common in the world. I guess I'm saying. Now, now, I'm building up something. In total, when you read your Bible, when you read your Bible, there are three Greek words that has been translated life, life, life. So if you don't know the Greek word that has been translated as life, you might think that all the life you see in the Bible, or especially in the New Testament, then all of it is talking about eternal life. No. The other two words, in addition to Zoe, Okay, is the other Greek word bios, where we get the English word biology, bios, b-i-o-b-i-o-s, bios, and then we have the other word suke or psyche, where you get the English word psychology from. Right? I'm going to explain because I'm laying the foundation for a proper take up. Luke chapter eight. Luke chapter eight. I want to read. From verse number 14. Are you there? Luke chapter 8 verse number 14. Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with curse, riches, and pleasures of life. Now, this life here is not the way. It's bios. Now, this life is the physical life. Okay? This body. The biology. If you go to school, we all did some form of biology in school. Whether it's um, high school or whatever, whatever. The biology of one's life is this body. Okay? The flesh and blood life. That's how I call it. The flesh and blood life. He said now, it is one reason the word of God is choked. So, 
when you, you hear people say life is hard now the question you have to ask is what life are you talking about because not all lives are the same there's one life that is greater than all the lives and then this life the bios life is another type of life and we all have bodies as long as you also have bodies right you have also this bio life i guess what i'm saying now let's look at the other one the psyche p-s-y-c-h-e psyche matthew chapter 16 matthew 16 matthew 16 i read 24 and 25 matthew 16 24 and 25 then jesus said to his disciples if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me for whoever desires to save his suke his life this life is psyche if anyone desires to save his life he will lose it but whoever loses his psyche okay for my sake will find it now what is the psychology of life or what is this life that is psychology or psyche is the mind is the mind now in proper terms when you hear we say we are going to preach to soul the soul is the mind now listen the mind is different from the brain the mind is not the same as the brain the mind instructs the brain the mind you know i believe with all my heart is the breath okay that animates this body the mind come on are you here come on pay attention the mind is the breath that animates this body remember in genesis 2 7 when god breathed into the nostril of the man he became alive he became a living being are you here with me he became alive now listen before he breathed into him that body that was created from the ground that body had a brain that body had nerves that body had a heart but was never alive until the breath entered him right and then he came alive the mind is that part of our body of that part of our physical life that causes everything to come together it is your feelings it is your thoughts it is your emotions they are all in your mind they are in your breath the breath let me tell you you see this body the blood is not the most important thing in the body the blood is the transporter in the body and we know when you study your biology that the blood transports oxygen to every part of the body so the blood is the transporter i guess what i'm saying when someone loses blood then someone loses their capacity for oxygen all right to enter to every part of the body are you following what i'm teaching you so at the end of the day the most important thing to everybody is the breath okay you can even say that is the oxygen is the breath 
If the person is not breathing, the brain cannot function. The heart cannot function. Every part of the body cannot function if the person is not breathing. Now, the breath, I believe, constitutes the mind where the person is able to think, the person is able to feel, be emotional. The mental aspect of one's life is what makes this physical body alive. And that is the soul. So when God created the first man, remember that he said he was creating the first man in his image. And bear in mind that God is spirit. And because God is spirit, he is not like this material being that we have in this world. Even though he has a form, he has a being, he has a body, but he didn't have the kind of body that he made the human being from the ground. Are you getting what I'm saying? So what happened was that God gave that human being the capacity to be like him. So he gave him a soul. He gave him the breath of life. So that that breath can animate this body and instruct. So when the brain is instructed by the mind, the body also does this. So it is in the mind that this body's actions are determined. It's a life. Come on, are you here with me? It's a life that this body, okay, is instructed from your mind. What a, a lot of the things that people do is influenced from the mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's influenced from the mind. The mind influences the heart to take the actions. Come on. Are you following what I'm teaching you? So at the end of the day, when man sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, now what took over the mind of everybody? Lucifer, Satan. So instead of God influencing the mind of the first man before he, you know, before he sinned, he was talking to God, and then God would tell him what to do, and then God would influence his mind. And then he will go and name all of the animals that existed. He would do this. He would do that. According to the instructions of God. His mind was full of the things of God. Until sin came. The moment sin came. What happened was that. All of the thoughts of man. All of the inclinations of man. What happened? Was now full of wickedness. Because the one controlling the mind. And the one controlling the psyche, that life of the man that animates the bios was now the devil. When you read Genesis chapter number 5, God got angry with man. He said, he's only flesh. Yes, only flesh that was controlled by the mind that was part of the body, that was part of the flesh. The mind was made to be part, to coexist with the flesh. Are you get what I'm saying? So as soon as the mind was infiltrated by evil, all the ashes of the mind, of the body, was full of evil. That's why you see someone saying things evil, doing evil, acting evil, talking evil, walking evil, because the mind had been corrupted by evil. Are you here with me? So, the life of God the sole life of God, which is eternal life of God, 
is neither bios or psychological. It is spirit. There's a difference between spirit and the mind and the body. Spirit is a complete nature. It is the nature of the flesh that houses the mind. Come on. I'm teaching you deep things here. So pay attention. The spirit is a complete new different nature. The spirit beings have their own nature. And God created human beings to have a soul and to have a flesh nature. I guess what I'm saying. So when Jesus Christ came, is there anyone who believes in me? Now, you will not longer have the flesh nature, the soul nature, but now you're going to have essentially the nature of God. That is his life. That's the way. That is what he's going to have. And then this life of God is eternal. It is always there. It cannot die. Meanwhile, the person that is not born again has only the flesh life that is animated by the mind. The sukkah. Are you getting what I'm saying? That person is a soul. That person is essentially a soul. The principal life of the body is a soul. The mind. But the moment you get born again, and also don't forget that that mind life has been corrupted by evil. So until you get born again, you'll be stuck and shut up in the mind life, in the soul life. Until you are saved from sin and death. Saved from the darkness that controls the mind. I guess what I'm saying? Into the life of God which is in the spirit. Come on, are you here now? So, eternal life is not having a spiritual life and a spiritual nature. Not a soul nature. That is controlled by the forces of this world. But now, you are having a spiritual nature from above and then you can be influenced and controlled from above. Can I repeat it? Listen, listen. The soul life after after Satan aided Adam and Eve to sin was now controlled by the forces of this world. Listen. Let's, let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Now, I read verse 3 and verse number 4. Amen. Oh, let, let, let's even start from verse 1. Because other than that, you will not get the context well. Second Corinthians chapter 4, I read from verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Not working in craftiness, not handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, 
commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Can we read verse 4 together? I want to go. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Did you see that? So, where does the devil blind? The devil blinds the mind. I guess what I'm saying. The devil, so, those who are in this world, those who are not born again, those who don't have the nature and the life of God, what controls them in this world is the devil. Because that life, that soul life, that life of the mind, that life of the soul, that mind, that thinking, that thought life, has been damaged by evil from the day Adam and Eve they sinned. So the only person who will not enjoy a message like this, the only person who does not want to hear the gospel of Jesus, is that person whose mind, which is the principal life, of those who live in the flesh. Okay. Is damaged by evil and darkness. So he's saying that. If our gospel is veiled. In other words. If our, if our gospel is covered. It's because the mind. Of what? Of the people. Has been what? Darkened. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is what happens. So, what we do is that when we are praying, we pray that the minds, their heart, because the mind, the sukkah life, also controls the activities of the heart. The heart is what actionalizes every thought. I know what I'm saying. The mind instructs the, the brain for a lot of things to happen in the body. The heart actionalizes the thoughts of the mind so now if someone's mind is under the control of darkness the person's actions will be full of darkness if your mind is not under the control of the spirit of god ah, ah, don't go to church you hear in your mind don't go to church oh today i don't feel like going to church the moment you say i don't feel like going to church you should know it is your soul that is operating Oh, today I don't feel like praying. You should know that your mind has been impacted negatively by the devil. He said, oh, I don't feel like doing anything you don't feel like. You are in the realm of your soul. You are in the realm of your mind. Meanwhile, Jesus brought us the life from above to now take us out to live primarily in the soul life into the life of the spirit. Because the life of the mind, the life of the soul, that even controls the bios life, okay, is controlled by the forces of this world. But when you come into Christ, and then you receive the life of God, now you have another nature that can what? Overcome that nature of the mind. And then helps you to live spiritually are you are you following what i'm saying so 
In the beginning, God created the first man from the earth. But you know what happened? That Jesus is from above. Right? So the first man was from the ground. The second man was from above. Two different natures. The first man from the ground was given the soul life. From the ground, flesh. But the, the second man from above, the last Adam, is from above. Who came with the nature of the spirit of God. Yes, everybody needs this bios. This flesh life to live on earth. But the moment you get born again, there is a superior life in the spirit that now comes to control this earth life. Amen, somebody. Now, John 4 24. John 4. John 4. John 4 24. Can we all read it together? John 4 24. One to go. Say, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So now, God is spirit. So if God is giving you his life, in what form do you think God will give you his life? Spirit. He, he is not a soul, he is not a body. His spirit. So his life is spirit. So then if God is giving you his life, he will give you his life in spirit form. He will not give you in a soul form. He will not give you in a body form. He will give you in a spirit. So you must understand that the life that we have is a spirit life because God is spirit and his life which is eternal is spirit. So now we have the spirit life. We don't have the soul life. We don't have just the soul. No, we have the spirit life. And bear in mind that anyone who has the spirit life, which is the eternal life, has been saved from that force of darkness that controlled the mind and that controlled your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts. It is been saved from that power. And now we have been brought into the spirit life where it is God who controls our minds and controls our emotions and controls everything that we are. Come on, are you here with me, somebody? Amen? So, you cannot be born again and still be thinking that you are like that person that was not born again. Because your mind is no longer like that person that was under the forces of darkness. Are you here with me? You are no longer like that person that was animated and controlled by the forces of darkness in your soul, in your mind. Before you got born again, your flesh controlled you. Your, in fact, I'm talking about your mind and you were just practicing the works of the flesh. Some people don't like going to church. They don't like praying. Because they don't have the life of the spirit that can even animate their mind to say, I need to pray. I have to go to church. I need to study the word. I need to preach the gospel. They don't have it. Because the mind of this world 
is controlled by the forces of this world. Are you here with me? Say the mind of this world is controlled by the forces of this world. That is what happens. So when so the forces of this world, what they do is that when they influence someone's mind, they get the body to do what is called the works of the flesh. And we know the works of the flesh. One of it is not coming to church. Another one, sexual immorality, lying, not praying, not studying. The, all those things are works of the flesh. It's works of the flesh. Because the, the devil does not want you to do the things of the spirit. He wants you to do the things of this world. Worldly people don't like going to church. Worldly people don't like praying. Worldly people don't like hearing the word. Worldly people don't get excited when they're in church. Worldly people don't do the things of, the, of God. They, they, they chase money rather than chasing the things of God. They think more about work, what about, more about the word of God. That is your life. That is what the devil wants them to think about. That is the, what the devil wants them to do. That is what the worldly people they do. The worldly people, they are influenced by the forces of darkness. So you cannot be born again and then all of your thinking and your actions are still like you are not born again. Then you are still in your sins. But when you get born again, see, remember, the term born again, okay, in fact, the word again, which in my book coming up very soon, that is for this man, I'm teaching a lot of this thing in that book. That word again means anothen. It's translated from the Greek anothen. Anothen means from above. Anothen means from above. So to be born again means to be born from above. Not to be born from this world. Remember in John chapter 1 verse 13. He said we are born of God. And then Jesus said, we read it right now. Chapter 3 of John. He said, unless someone is born from above, the person cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot come from this earth. You cannot be essentially earthly, okay, and controlled by the forces of darkness in this world and think that you can see the kingdom of God. Your mind must receive the newness of life from the spirit. You must con your mind must be controlled by the life of God for you to enjoy something different. Are you here with me, somebody? So at the end of the day, this life that we have in Christ is a life from above. It's not the life that is from this earth. Because the life from above is the spirit life. It's the life of God. The soul life, the uncreated life. The life of God is spirit because he's spirit. And it's from above. And that which is from above is above everything. Everything that is below here, it, you know, was controlled or is still being controlled especially for those who are not born again it's being controlled by the forces that are in this world remember satan was cast down into this world and then when he was cast down to earth he became the force that dominated this world by the end of the day in christ we now have the life from above that is bigger powerful stronger than the life that is on this world so now we don't live by the soul again. We live by the spirit. Are you here? John chapter 10.
John chapter 10. And then I read verse number 10. Now listen. Because we are going to go into deeper realms. So pay attention. The thief. Say the thief. Who represents. In this case it represents Satan. He's the enemy. He's a thief. The thief does not come except to steal. And to kill. And to destroy. And then what did Jesus say he came to do? Say I have come. That they may have life. And that they will have life in more abundantly. Zoe. Jesus did not come for us to have any, any, any other thing. He came for us to have life. The spirit life of God. The eternal life. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is why he came. If anyone teaches anything else apart from this, the person is not accurate. Because Jesus said, I came that you will have life. He said in John 3, 16, Anyone who believes in the Son will have eternal life. He has said it in many, 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 many places in the Bible. He said, life is the reason I came. So that we can have the life from above. If anyone does not have the spirit life, then you are not born again. Religion is not the same as having life. Religion is very dangerous. Say religion is dangerous. A lot of people are practicing religion. They are not living life. They are practicing religion. You see, religion is that, okay, religion will put a set of rules and so-called laws from the a deity, a God. Right? And say, this is what the God likes. I say, Busum, when up, up, it's in Udiswa. And then you are good. No, God is more than the kind of deity that people think he is. He is life. Remember, when you read Acts chapter 17, when Paul went to the city of Ephesus, he said, he saw, he saw so many things. Athens, sorry. He saw so many things. Idols, they did not have what? Life. Idols, sculptures that people have built. You understand? Let me tell you. There is no sculpture, idol, that people worship. That their so-called power comes from that sculpture. No. They are influenced by demons. 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 Religion comes from the mind of people. Listen. I said to you some time ago. You can make a god out of this phone. Oh yes. Anything that your mind tells you that you can believe in. You can make a god out of it. You can go and put this phone. Hide it somewhere in your room. And say oh this phone. When I pray to this phone. Anything that I'm looking for I will get. As long as you start praying to this phone, demons will come and occupy this phone. And these demons will start answering your so-called prayers. And you begin to feel that, talent. this is my idol. This is what I get everything I'm looking for from. But that is not the kind of God that we have. God is life. Any kind of religion, okay, that preaches any other God, Apart from what Jesus came to present, I tell you, it's just ideology. It's not even a form of worship. It's people expressing their ideologies from their mind. Because Jesus said, I came to give life. And then the life is the life of God. Are you here with me, somebody? So to be born again, 
is to have the life of God. That is why we call it the spirit life. Because it's the uncreated life of God that comes from above. And it is spirit. Okay? And it is a different nature. It's a different nature from the soul nature. The soul nature is connected to this earth. Come on. Are you following what I'm teaching? The soul nature is connected to this earth. The spirit nature is connected to the realm of the spirit. Are you know what I'm saying? It's connected to God. When you have the same nature as God, when he speaks, you will hear him. When he directs you, you will know. You will have the same things that he has. Because you have his same being. You are like him. Are you get what I'm saying? Unless you have the spirit nature, you are not part of God. Unless you are born of the spirit and you have this life, this eternal life, you cannot be part of him. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Amen. Are you there in Romans chapter 8? Okay. Romans chapter 8, I read from verse number 5. He said, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds. Did he say they set their spirit? Come on. Are you reading with me? Are you reading? Those who live according to the flesh, what do they do? They set what? Their minds. They don't set their spirit. Because the flesh, okay, works with the mind. So those who live according to the flesh, they set their mind, the suke, on what? Things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Which means that your mind can think spiritually when you have received the spiritual nature. But if your mind does not have the spiritual nature, then your mind would think the flesh nature. Which is essentially connected to your environment. Connected to this world. So, Satan, which is a natural, who is a natural spirit. Because Satan is just here in this world. He directs the minds of the people. You say, look. See. You see, you don't have money. Then you start thinking. You see what is going on. Then you start thinking. Satan directs people for them to use their eyes. Okay. And the things around to start thinking in a flesh manner but the moment you are born again you receive the spirit nature and then this mind okay the mind right that also influences the flesh can start thinking in the spirit so you realize that your spiritual nature can also now instruct the mind now if someone is not born again the mind is instructed by the devil we read second Corinthians 4 4 
Okay, he's instructed by the devil. But the moment the person gets born again, and the person receives the nature of the spirit, that is the life of God, the person is now able to influence the mind. And then as soon as the person is influencing the mind from the spirit, the flesh will also be acting according to the spirit. Because it is the mind that controls the flesh. It is the mind that directs the flesh. But the moment the spirit nature comes, then you realize that your life in this world, your walk in this world, will now be manifesting the life of the spirit. If the person is not born again, the person will essentially do the works of the, f- the flesh sexual immorality lies laziness all those things are waste of the flesh because the devil controls the minds of those who don't have the life of god with his spirit i guess what i'm saying so if you don't have the life of god then what controls you is the life of the devil that controls the mind of those who are not born again so if you have the nature of god you will think like god you will talk like God and then you act like God you have the same emotions as God you have the same feelings as God because now there's a nature that has come to supplant that soul nature so you're thinking you're talking your actions has been taking the control of it has been taken away from the dominion of darkness and has now been subject to the life of the spirit which is god's life so if i have the life of god then my thinking my emotions my actions must show that i have another nature come on are you here with me all right First John 2. First John 2. First John 2. I read from verse number 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Verse 2. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for us only. Okay? But for the whole world. Right? Okay. Now jump to 25. Okay, let's add 24, 25. Not just 25. 24. 24. Therefore let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning if what you heard from the beginning abides in you you also will abide in the son and in the father and this is the promise that he has promised us what eternal life hey uh, are you in church are you hearing what i'm saying Pay attention. John said, This is the promise that was promised to us from the beginning. And that promise is what? Eternal life. Right? Okay. Go to Acts. 
Now, I'm reading these verses because we're going to go back to Romans chapter 8. Amen. I read from verse number 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for their what? To wait for what? The promise of the Father. Which, he said, you have heard from me. Now, remember that John was also a disciple of Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He heard from Jesus. John said, from the beginning Jesus himself confronted and said here that he said but to wait for the promise of the father which he said you have heard from me so the promise that John said in first John 2 25 he did not hear from anybody he heard it from Jesus himself and then John said that promise is eternal life come on that promise which day the disciples who walk with Jesus they heard from the beginning they heard was eternal life Jesus said wait for the promise of the father which you heard from me now what is the eternal life that John spoke about we read here verse 5 for John that is John the Baptist truly baptized with water that you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or season which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, let's read it. One to go. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and it shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the world. Now, he said, Jesus said, the promise of the Father is the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not teaching about the Holy Spirit today. It's part of the things I'm going to teach. But, you have to know that the one that has the Holy Spirit has eternal life. Because it is the Spirit that brings the nature of God. Remember John 4.24 God is Spirit. So if God is spirit, then the one who has the Holy Spirit, because there are different types of spirits in the world, it is not every spirit that brings the life of God. Come on here, somebody. You must have the Holy Spirit to have the life of God. As John said in 1 John 2.25, you must have the Holy Spirit to have the life of God. So anyone that has the Holy Spirit has eternal life. How did I know? Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Let's go back to Romans chapter 8. Now, let's read from verse 9. Romans chapter number 8 from verse 9. It says, that you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Remember, that those who live in the flesh, their minds, they think the things of the flesh. Because Satan has influenced their minds. Because of the forces that are in this world. I said, you... In other words, those who get born again, you are no longer in the flesh. In other words, you don't longer live 
primarily in the soulless life. Are you getting what I'm saying? He said, you are no longer in the flesh, but where? In the spirit. And he said, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Look at the next sentence. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So it takes the spirit of God for you to have eternal life. Because his spirit, so then when his spirit comes into you, mean that eternal life has come to you. And the moment you have the spirit of God, listen, see, we always say that one of the signs that you have, you are born again and you have the spirit of God is when you speak in tongues. That speaking in tongues is not the only sign. What, what, what you are able to do will tell if you know that you have eternal life or not. In fact, see, whilst I'm teaching right now, the Holy Spirit told me, he said, one of the other ways you know that if someone is born again or not is the kind of prayers that prayer, person prays. Your prayer will tell if you are born again or you are not born again. Your prayer will inform if you are born again or you are not born again. It's not every prayer that people pray that shows that they're having the spirit of God in them. The spirit that you have will tell if you have, the, if you have eternal life or you have the soulless life. Remember, Satan is also a spirit. And then he can influence the minds of people. Control the minds of people. And that is what happened the moment Adam and Eve, they ate from what he told them to eat. Are you here with me? And then he went on to say, And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life. Did you see that? The spirit is what? Life. Zoe. This particular word here is not bios. It's not suke. It's zoe. The spirit is zoe. It is the spirit of God that is life. Okay? Because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. In other words, when you have the spirit of God, and then when you have life, these bodies, this bios life, can as well receive life for it to live. Are you here with me? So this is the reason Jesus came. The spirit life. Say the spirit life. Eternal life. And listen, an eternal life is not futuristic. Right now, right now, anyone who is born again, you have life always. This life is spiritual. It's not carnal. Amen? Let's read Titus. Titus. Titus chapter number 1. Titus chapter number 1. I read from verse 1. Titus chapter 1 verse 1. Paul, a born servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness, verse 2. In hope of eternal life which God who cannot lie, promised before time began. Did you see that? So, three people are now confirming that the promise of God from the beginning was eternal life. Did you see that? Paul has just said the promise from the beginning is eternal life. 
John said, the promise of the beginning is eternal life. And by the time we dissected what Jesus said, the promise of the Father is also eternal life. So, all that God promised even before the world began was to give us eternal life. I get what I'm saying? Was to give us eternal life. Now, let me show you something beautiful then we can close. Go to Genesis chapter number 3. Genesis chapter number 3. Are you there? Genesis chapter 3 and I read from verse number 22. Are you opening your Bible? Genesis chapter 3 verse number 22. Remember that in the garden God created two trees, right? One was what? The tree of life and the other one was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Remember. The tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And also remember that God told them not to eat from that tree. And at the day they will eat from that tree, they will die. I get what I'm saying. And which means that God also permitted them to eat from the tree of life. Now look at what happened. After man sinned. 22. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed a cherubim at east of the garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. In other words, God now prevented Adam and Eve from eating from the tree of life. Why? As long as they ate from the tree of life, they were going to live forever. They were not going to die. Come on, you didn't hear what I'm saying. Now, he said, when they ate, ate of the tree. In other words, God even placed his life, okay, in the tree of life. And now in Christ, God's life is not in the tree of life. In the fruit of the tree of life. His life is not living in the body. I hear what I'm saying. Every time if Adam had ate, as long as if Adam ate from the tree of life, one billion years, he would have lived. The moment he ate from the other tree, what started happening to mankind? Yes. So God had really had the intention of eternal life for mankind. You didn't hear what I said. God really wanted mankind to have eternal life. He wanted mankind to have life all the time. He didn't want man to die. He didn't want us to die. It was sin that brought death. Physical death, I mean. Not spiritual death. Physical death. So the moment you get born again now, you have now received this life. And this life is superior than the soul life. It's higher than the soul life. Are you get what I'm saying? Let's read the last about two more verses and then we are done. John chapter 17. You know, John was one of the disciples and apostles who had deeper revelations about eternal life. So a lot of the things John wrote and spoke about had to do with eternal life, eternal life. 
John, in recording Jesus' prayer in John 17, verse number 3, he said, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So to know Jesus is to know to have eternal life, and to have eternal life is to have God. He said, he said this is eternal life. To know so anyone who knows Jesus is not to become religious, it's not to become a church member or a, a, or a be part of a denomination. No. When you get born again. And when you get to know Jesus. Right. What happens is that you have life. So we. Say this is eternal life. This is. It's littered all over the Bible. That the main reason Jesus came is for us to have eternal life. It's not for us to be part of a denomination. I belong to this denomination. I'm a charismatic. I'm an orthodox. I mean, all those things are nonsense. That's not the reason why Jesus Christ came to die. He came so that we will have life. I get what I'm saying. Without this life, there's no reason. Now, our last one. Let's go back to First John. Let's go back to First John. First John chapter number five. First John chapter number five. I read from verse number eleven. First John chapter number five. From verse number eleven, it says, "And this is the testimony that God has given us what." Come on, are you there? First John chapter 5, from verse 11. It says, and this is the testimony. That God has given us what? Eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. Zoe. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you. Who believe in the name of the son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. And that you may continue to believe in the name of the son of God. Simple. People believe Jesus for all sorts of reasons. But the main reason you must believe in Jesus is that you believe him to have eternal life. Any other reason you believe in Jesus is invalid. Oh, if you believe in Jesus that, oh, he will heal you, I tell you, it's invalid. If you believe in Jesus that he will prosper, it's invalid. If you believe in Jesus, you will do all is The only reason you must believe in Jesus is that you have eternal life. Now, this life is the life of God. As soon as you have this life, any other thing that you are looking for, you have it automatically. You have health. You have prosperity. You have, uh, you have long life. I, I told you last week that I posted a question on my Facebook wall. And then I asked. I said, what do you, what do you prefer? Eternal life or long life? Someone said, I, I want long life. They don't know what long life is. And they don't know what eternal life is. If you have long life, that life will definitely come to an end. <laughs> ah, anything that is long definitely has an end. But if you have eternal life, eternal means always, all the time, every day, every second I have it. So instead of you wanting to have eternal life, I rather want all life, all the time. And let me tell you, this life is different from aging. Oh, people confuse, you know, eternal life with aging. Oh, growing old. You know how old God is. <laughs> Nobody know how, knows how old God is. He said he's the same yesterday. Today and forevermore. He's the same. He's the same. Say God is the same. So if someone asks you, how old is God? They say God is the same. He, he doesn't have age. He's ageless. The Bible says from age to age, he is the same. Eh, hundred years, he's the same. One year, he's the same. One billion years, he's the same. One trillion years, he's the same. And how is that possible? Because of the life. 
Because of the life that he is. Not the life that he has. Because of the life that he is. He is life. He does not have life. God does not have life. God is, 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 is life. To say he has life means that someone gave it to him. He is the very life. Are you here with me, somebody? We are not talking about long life. Eternal life is not long life. If you want long life, it's up to you. Me, I want eternal life. <laughs> you want long life, you live 100 years. And then you want to check out. You say, I'm tired. 200 years, I'm tired. Uh-uh. Eternal life, all the time, you are still the same. They see you like this. You are, you are ageless. In other words, you don't age. You see, some people will see God and they will, sh- they will be shocked. You know, some people are saying, oh, the old man says, Who told you God is old man? Now, who told you he's an old man? Oh, and I spoke to the old man upstairs. You are using your carnal mind to talk nonsense. I pray to the old man upstairs. Old man upstairs. Are you okay? I said, some people will see God. They will be shocked. They will see God like some, in an image of some small boy. And they will think, ah, are you God? They say, ah, you are not God. I'm expecting God to be some old man. Because he has been dead. When you read about the Bible, the Bible says, and uh, he has gray hair, he has white hair. So I'm sp- now you think that God's white hair is a gray hair like what people get. <laughs> he gave us black hair. If he has gray hair, then that is his natural hair. If he has a white hair, that is his natural hair. Are you here with me, somebody? Say God is life. His life is spirit. His spirit. Spirit. That's why we say it's a spirit life. It's not a flesh life. If you don't believe in it, you'll still be walking. See, the more your mind, this mind, is controlled by the world, you behave like the world. If your mind is controlled by the forces of the world, don't come to church. Don't pray. Don't, don't study the word. Fornicate. Steal. Lie. When you start behaving like that, mean that your life is controlled by the forces in this world. If you have the nature of God, your mind will be controlled by the Spirit of God. Remember in Romans 12, which is one of the things we're going to learn, say renew your mind. Don't let your mind conform. Now, you are, you are having the nature of God, the Spirit life, right? He said, don't let your mind be like, the, like you are saying the world. But let your mind align to your spirit nature. Now you have a complete nature. First, yeah, the first man did not have a spirit too. Did not have a spirit. All that he had was a mind. But the last man has a different nature. A spirit nature. It's so beautiful and powerful. And guess what? It is this spirit life. It is this life. God who created the heavens and the earth. So when you have that life... You can also create things. When you have that life, you can do things. You have, when you have that life, you have the power to overcome all the forces of darkness. Are you here with me? When you understand that the life that I have inside me, the spirit nature that I have inside of me, is the spirit of God, is the life of God, then you stop thinking like a worldly person. Are you know what I'm saying? Because your mind is now controlled by God. Let's, let's, uh, let's read the final, 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 final scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.17. You know what is there. 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. said, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what happens to him? Is a new word. Creation. 
the new the original king james says it's a new it's a new creature new creation why we now have the life of god so we are new people we are new breeds of people now we have now been created not as an image of god but we have come from god god has given birth to us are you know what i'm saying we have come from him so we have his very nature yes he said the apostle but we still have this body yes we still have this body we still have the mind but now the mind and this body are now subset of our new nature that is why we are new we are new from the inside not from the outside we are new from the inside because now we we have a nature from god that now has come to dwell in this body to now control the mind and the flesh thank you for being a part of today's message this program was brought to you by the friends and partners of the spirit life people for further information kindly visit us at www.thespiritlifepeople.com or subscribe to our podcast and youtube channels or find us on all major social media platforms stay blessed and always remember that in christ jesus we are free